Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It is one of Richmond's top entertainment spots with live music Fridays and Saturdays, chef-inspired menu, the pizza's banging, the wings are good. Uh, They've got a ton of different beer selections, including River City Roll beer. I always get a picture of that anytime I'm here. Come on by and tell them AWOD sent you. And Stubb, I just got confirmation from our friends here at River City Roll. It was a field trip for middle schoolers from 6th to 8th grade. But check this out. They all cleaned up after themselves, oh, and they nice. were respectful, and they were good kids. And she said, I will serve these kids every day. They were better than most of my drunk friends. I buy I that. Thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. Uh, that, yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah. Good, good on the teachers for making them clean up, and good on the kids for being uh, you know, respectful to all the equipment. Yeah. No, middle school is much cooler now. We never got to go to a bowling alley. That was, I had to get good grades in elementary school if I wanted to go. And when we went, it wasn't to River City Roll, which is much more than a bowling alley. It was like uh, Bowl America. And that place used to stink of cigarettes. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> it is time for the Richmond Commander, 833-804-0910. The question of the day is, will Josh Harris change the Washington name again? 833-804-0910. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready, folks? The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, so, Stubb, last night we had a boys' night out. Got to, I guess it was National Margarita Day. Yes, did it you was. Know that? I celebrated. You did celebrate. Yeah, I went to nice. Boca. Oh, no way. That's where I was. Uh, when? when? <laughs> uh, we got there at like 7 o'clock. Oh, you got there right as I left. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, so we were talking about who invented National Margarita Day. It has to just be a marketing ploy, like right? Like, is it that actually the day margaritas were invented, I, or did some bartender just come up with it? <laughs> if you look into it, basically every single day of the calendar year has about six national days. Yeah. It, it, it means nothing. Uh, right. But, <laughs> but it gives people <laughs> an excuse celebrate. to go out to a bar and go out drinking. Yeah, so we were all out drinking yesterday, and uh, most of my friends are, are from the area, so they're Skins fans, Commanders fans, football team fans. And they were asking me yesterday, you know, they always quiz me, oh, Awad, you're the sports guy, you know everything. I'm like, sure, whatever. Uh, they're like, how did we get here? Like, he said, I grew up a college football fan, and I've started to really root hard for the Washington Redskins football team the last five or ten years of my life. I've been a big NFL fan. But he says, I don't even remember how we got here. Like, how did we get to the terrible name Commanders, right? How did we get to that name? Well, number one, I hate the name. It needs to change again. Number two... They should never have had Ron Rivera involved in the decision-making. He knows nothing about this franchise. I was screaming on my radio show every day that he's going to be here for a cup of coffee, and yet the name might last forever, and it's so stupid that Jason Wright and Dan Snyder put him in charge of the name. Dan botched it. They should have probably just stuck with football team. But for those of you wondering, how did we even get here? There's a good article on the Washington Post that gives everyone a full timeline of the commander's name change. Now, we have to start this way back when George Preston Marshall in 1933 moved the team from Boston, the Braves to Washington and changed the name to the Redskins, all right? He um it was really interesting because 
Marshall said, the fact that we have in our head coach Lone Star Dietz, an Indian, together with several Indian players, has not, as may be uh, suspected, inspired me to select the name Redskins. So he claims he chose the name Redskins to honor their head coach Lone Star Dietz. In 1937, they officially relocated to Washington and became the Washington Redskins. In 1967, the Redskins obtained their first federal trademark registration. All right, the team's eventual seven federal trademark registrations with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office would be challenged on multiple occasions over the ensuing decades. We move over to 1972. Native American leaders asked the Redskins to change the name. So it was actually in 1972, like 50 years before they eventually changed the name, that they were asked to change the name. All right? But this is the interesting part. All right? Walter Blackie Wetzel, the former chairman of the Blackfeet Nation, persuaded team executives to drop the R logo from the Washington helmets in favor of a profile of an Indian warrior, which he then would help design. And look, this is why when I was in high school, not just me, but a lot of my my friends were doing our thesis, our senior thesis, and we all chose to do it on the Redskins name and why it never changed. And it's because Wetzel told the Washington Post and several other scholarly articles that were written, he said, quote, it made us all so proud to have an Indian on a big time team. It's only a small group of radicals who oppose those names. Indians are proud of Indians. So it was Walter Blackie Wetzel, the chairman of the Blackfeet Nation, the Indian group, who chose the logo to honor them. Well, then you fast forward 20 years later in 1992, the skins were on fire, making it to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and more than 2,000 Native American activists protest the Redskins' name in Minneapolis ahead of the Washington win over the Buffalo Bills. In 1992, Native Americans then would petition the Patent and Trademark Office to try and get it changed. Then you move to 1993. A senator introduced a bill to block the new stadium on the RFK site. 1997, Miami University changes from Redskins to Red Hawks. There's starting to be a little bit of momentum. 1999, trademark registrations were threatened. Dan Snyder comes in buys the Redskins, claims that he will never change the name. The team scores a legal victory in the trademark battle in 2003. Then you move over to 2006. Native Americans challenge the Redskins' trademark name again. 2013, changethemascot.org becomes a thing. Snyder then told USA Today, Eric Brady, reporter, will never change the name. It's that simple. Never you can use all caps. And what the interesting part about the story is, all of a sudden, Richmond gets thrown into this story. In 2013, the Washington Redskins with Robert Griffin III had training camp here at Bon Secours. Actually, it's less than a football field away from where I'm sitting right now at River City Roll, the home of Bon Secours, where the Redskins used to have their training camp here in Richmond. 
and a friend of the show, Sean, made these shirts that said, never change the name, with the Redskins logo. They sold out the first day that he was selling them outside of training camp. They went viral. All of a sudden, there were articles about this t-shirt that said, never change the name. It went viral to the point where Dan Snyder found out about it, and instead of putting it to an end, he supported the Never Change the Name t-shirt, bought 200 of them, let Sean promote it inside of the complex, and all of a sudden, there was momentum for the team to keep the name again. Keep the name Redskins. Well then, you fast forward to 2016, the Washington Post reveals a poll, a survey of 504 people across every state and the District 9. Nine out of 10 Native Americans said they were not I quote, not offended by the Redskins' name. 2017, the battles continue. Redskins score a major victory in the trademark battle. 2020, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser says, quote, it's past time for a change. The world was gone crazy in 2020 with COVID, with lockdown, with quarantine, and you had the cancel culture, the Me Too movement. All of that combined led to D.C. officials making it clear that an NFL stadium RFK site is off the table unless the team changes their name. George Preston Marshall had a monument that was removed in front of RFK as the pressure continued. Then you get to this key date, July 2nd, 2020. July 2nd, 2020, FedEx calls Dan Snyder, owner of the Redskins, and says, we will not let you play football in a stadium called FedEx Field if you are going to keep the name Redskins. The company signed a $205 million deal in 1999. They said, we will not honor that deal if you keep the name. That was July 2nd. July 3rd, the next day, Dan Snyder announces they're going to undergo a thorough review of the team's name. Well, you know what would happen next. July 13th, the team announced they would retire the Redskins' name and logo. Stubb, isn't that crazy that within 11 days, they went from never, ever, ever, ever changing the name to all of a sudden FedEx and Pepsi says we're going to pull our sponsorships? 11 days later, they announced the team's name would be retired. Then you get to 2-2-22, a day that I will remember forever. Jason Wright, the team president, said it's a name befitting of a 90-year-old franchise on the Today Show. I think it's a name uh, befitting of a 90-year-old loser who came up with it because they came up with the name Commanders. On 2-2-22, they announced it on the Today Show, and it was a debacle. Jason Wright threw it to Doug Williams. He goes, we are the Commanders. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It was a, there was no excitement. You know, if you've been listening to the show, I was on air a week before saying, well, if they're going to go with the name Commanders, we know that's going to happen because, number one, it got leaked to the media. They couldn't keep it a secret, so it was a terrible reveal. Number two, if you're going to go with Commanders, how about you go with a military theme and bring out tanks and bring out, you know, uh, high-ranking military personnel and put them in the new jersey, put them in the new uniform, uh, bring out Joe Gibbs. They chose none of that. They went with Doug Williams announcing, we are the Commanders. And then the inaugural season of the Commanders goes to hell 
because Ron Rivera decides to go back to Carson Wentz in the one game they needed to win to get into the postseason. And here we are, February 23rd, 2024, and I am once again advocating for the Washington franchise to change their name again. I get it. We can't go back to Redskins. I'm fine with that. I was also fine with Washington football team. I'm fine with Washington Hogs. I'm fine with anything not Commanders. My biggest gripe with Commanders is that there's no short version. You can't call them the Coms. You can't call them the Commies. You're not calling them the Manders. You're definitely not calling them the Durs. There's just no good name for the Washington Commanders. Stubb, what do you think of that timeline and, and explanation? Yeah, I wasn't as quite familiar with the entire history going that far back. Uh, it kind of all adds up, and I just agree. Commanders is like the worst name for any team in any sport. I just hate it. Yeah, no, I know. But the, the eye-opening to, thing to me about the whole story is, like I said, when I was in high school, there were scholarly articles written on the Washington Post and several other outlets about why the name honored the Native Americans. And, and, and I, I totally understand it being racist. But why were all these articles written claiming that it honored the Native Americans? It's just a, a weird situation. You can't go back to Redskins, but you have to do better than Commanders. I'm once again advocating for the team to change its name. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, the theme of the show this week, in my mind, has been that it smells like March. It feels like every night there's a big-time college basketball game that goes down to the wire. You know, I've been sending out upset alerts. There was an upset alert in Fairfax, Virginia the other night as Mason took down 16th-ranked Dayton Flyers. March is right around the corner, and 910 The Fan wants to be the one-stop shop for all college hoops fans. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, we welcome in special guest, one of the big sillies from the sports junkies. It's the Papa, Lurch, Jason Bishop. What's going on, Lurch? Lady Hokies, baby. This oh, no. Right. Lurch, we got it. You sound like Darth Vader. We're having the phone issue again. I don't know what's going on. Are you calling us from an Android? What is the issue here? <laughs> yes, I appear so calling you from an Android. <laughs> you want to call Stop. me back? <laughs> no, we'll we'll fight through it here. Stubb will pick pick up the the phone and we'll talk to you on hold here. So, yeah, we've been having this phone issue for a while. It's not just here in Richmond. Uh, it happens in D.C. as well. And so it's out of our control. It's not an Odyssey issue. I believe it's like a Verizon issue. So we'll get Jason Bishop on the line in a second to preview all the big games this weekend, including CBS, Saturday 12 noon. Number two, Houston, will be in Waco, Texas, to face off against number 11, Baylor. That's a big-time Big 12 matchup. Do we have Bish with us once again? What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Does that sound all right? Yep, you sound great, man. So is there one uh, sporting event you're looking forward to most this weekend? Yeah, Lady Hokies playing in Tar Heels. Down I knew you were going to bring that up. Yep. I was trying to get down to that game, but it's a Sunday, and it's, just, it's not worth it. I can't take off Monday, but um, – <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're, they're just rolling. I know you want to talk men's, and we will in a sec, but nine straight wins. Kitley's getting hot again. Um, this kid, Maddie Eck, the transfer from, from uh, Michigan State, this girl from Sweden, she's just a stud. Uh, 
Yeah. Kayla King has range like I did in college. She's just draining threes <laughs> left and right. And uh, they're just playing great. Now, they got to play Notre Dame on the road after the Carolina game. That kind of scares me a little bit because Notre Dame has this kid, the freshman, this Hidalgo, Hannah Hidalgo. She's averaging 24 games. She's a freshman. Um, but, you know, they got a two game lead in the, in the conference. So I think if they, you know, as long as they win two of the three, they'll be fine. But, um, you're right, man. I'm looking forward to a conference tournament starting next Monday. Yeah, you know, I, I was just reading an article by Will Leitch uh, of the uh, New York Times, I believe, or New York Magazine. He said, women's sports are about to explode. I would argue they already have exploded. And that this, you're right. I mean, it feels like the, the women's NCAA tournament might have more eyes than the men's this year. Because <laughs> of one person. Right? Well, I, I think it's more than her. Caitlin. I think it's I think it's uh, Angel Reese as well. UConn's really good. They've got a star. It just feels like South Carolina's got a, a star, a stud too. It feels like there's four oh, or yeah. five teams that have you know a, a great player. They do. Um, Caitlin Clark's kind of putting women's college hoops on the map just because um, you know anytime she plays, you know Iowa plays at College Park, it's, it's a sellout. Yeah. You know any, anywhere she goes, although. She was eight for twenty six last night and three for sixteen from threes against Indiana. They they held her in check, but I, I would agree. I've I've never been more into women's college hoops um, in my life than I am this year, and a lot of it is because you know my daughter goes to Tech, so I'm 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 following the Tech sports more. But um, I'd rather watch the Lady Hokies right now than the men. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've got one of the all-time greats. Elizabeth Kelly will go down as the greatest Virginia Tech basketball player, men's or women's. She's a stud, I'm telling you. Um, so I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, I think it's a 2 o'clock game on, on Sunday against the Tar Heels. But anyway, um, yeah, man, but you're right. I mean, you got, I don't know, five, six games left in the regular season for most of these schools, and, and then you'll get into the conference tournaments. And um, you know, you got some of these – Big-time programs like UConn going on the road, getting beat by Creighton. Uh, Purdue bounced back from that loss to Ohio State, crushing Rutgers. Yep. Arizona's a fraud. I know I was talking about Arizona. <laughs> they're a fraud. I'm, I can't believe they're a projected one seed. They are an absolute fraud. Caleb Love just, just jacking up threes. I mean, if they're a one seed, I might not watch the tournament at all because <laughs> they don't deserve it. And... Um, that was just that's a bad loss. They get swept by Washington State. They lost to Oregon State earlier in New York on the road. Oregon State's last in the conference. And the Pac twelve just isn't very good. So anyway, but I am um I'm looking forward to it. And the Houston game, like you mentioned, uh, what happens with Houston after you know, after watching teams like UConn lose on the road and then Purdue, can Houston go to Baylor and take care of business? I think they probably will just because they're so good defensively, but Man, it's hard to win road games in conference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to shout out the CBS 4 p.m. game in the SEC. Uh, number 13, Alabama, against number 17, Kentucky. Uh, a buddy of mine is a Kentucky fan. He feels like Coach Cal needs to make a run because the fan base is very upset with him over the last few years. They, they've got a lot of talent on this team, but they're not playing as a team, whereas Alabama and Nate Oates, they're playing as a team. They're playing incredible basketball right now. Yeah, man, Bama just um, – they just want to outscore you. I mean, they're the top-scoring team in the country. Um, you know, they're going to shoot threes left and right. Sears is having a really good year. Um, you know, tough loss against LSU at the buzzer by Terrell Ward. I mean, that was just a crazy shot. And, you know, 
obviously great timing. That's a big win for LSU, but Bama's got to win that game. They do. Um, as far as Kentucky is concerned, um, you know what I mean? It's, they're just so young. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just so right. young. And, you know, DJ Wagner is a stud freshman, but he probably shouldn't be starting. He didn't play well in that LSU game. And I, I think that, you know, Kentucky, if they can figure out how to close out games, especially defensively, because that's what they're struggling at right now. Yeah. Um, lost to Gonzaga, allowed 90 to Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I think they allowed 105 to Tennessee, something like that. Um, Florida beat them up pretty good. So, But they're young, you know what I mean? So these young kids sometimes in close games, especially in the conference, they don't know how to close it out. And right. um, Calipari has got to hopefully coach them up to the point where they can figure it out before the SEC tournament. But that's going to yeah. be a fun game to watch too. It's so interesting, like you said, because they've been good in the clutch situations offensively. They hit the big shot against LSU, and then they give up the game winner. And that's kind of been the right. theme of the season, it feels like, where you know they lock in offensively in the clutch moment, and then they score and forget to play defense. So they're going to have to lock down defensively against the highest-scoring team in the NCAA right now in Alabama. How about the uh, game from John Paul Jones Arena this Saturday at 4 p.m.? Virginia hosting mm-hmm. number 10 North Carolina. Uh, they got It was a massacre. Virginia Tech against Virginia, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took uh, care of business at home. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just you look at Virginia and you know they want to play those games in the high fifties, maybe low sixties, right? Carolina is going to want to get up and down a little bit, uh, but that was just embarrassing. Look, Tech is t- very tough at Castle. We know that, right? On the road, they're not good, but at home, they can beat you. But man, you 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 can't. You can't score 41 points in a game if you're UVA. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like Tech's that good defensively. Um, but if Tech, I mean, excuse me, if, if UVA doesn't shoot the ball well, you know, in an eight to ten minute period like they did, I don't think they scored in an eight minute period in that Tech game. They're going to get run out of the gym. And but the problem with Carolina is their road record um, or some of the road games they have not been that impressive to me. I mean. Lost at Georgia Tech, right? I went up to Syracuse, I think, and lost that game. Um, so I would expect Carolina to win the game, but you know, I never count Tony Bennett's guys out, especially there at John Paul Jones, right? Um, yeah. But this is a huge game for UVA, huge. Hey, Lurch, you know, uh, you're, you're not on Twitter, so I'm sure you didn't see the thread, but there's been some conversation about the Atlantic 10 and what this league could do in the future to secure more bids to the NCAA tournament. And it's just, you know, it's so tough because nobody wants to schedule, you know, a Richmond or a VCU in non-conference. And so they're kind of stuck playing these Q4 games and one or two bad losses hurt the entire conference. And it looks like it's going to be a two-bid league, maybe even just a one-bid league if Dayton wins the A-10 tournament. Kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, VCU gets huge wins against Dayton and Richmond. Uh, then they get pummeled by UMass. Now, UMass is pretty good, so it's not a horrible loss, but um, to get crushed like that doesn't look great. But I, I'd agree, man. Um, Loyola Chicago can beat anybody. Richmond obviously can beat anybody. Um, Mason gets that huge win against Dayton. First time Mason's beaten a top 25 team at home ever. Right. Um, well, the, the reason I that is agree, is I because – 
no top 25 team wants to play at Mason, you know? I know. I mean, the only the only way you're going to get a top 25 team is if they're in the conference. Yeah. Um, and you're playing them in a conference game. So I would agree, man. I think at least three of those teams in the A-10, if not four, deserve to go. But you know how it is. There's only 68, and you got to give all those small conferences the automatic bid from their from their conference wins or conference tournament wins. But I would not want to play Richmond. I would not want to play Loyola. I would not want to play Dayton. I would not want to play VCU, depending on where I'm playing them. But yep. um, you're right; they're probably only going to get two in. I think Richmond and Dayton are probably going. And but maybe you get a third if if one of those other teams win the conference tournament. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a ton of fun all of March. Lurch, thanks so much for the time, man. My man, have a great weekend. Yep, that's Lurch Papa, Jason Bishop from the Sports Junkies. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And, you know, once again, I did want to mention I am fired up for our appearance tomorrow at the PGA Tour Superstore. You don't want to miss it. The Short Pump PGA Tour Superstore grand opening tomorrow, February 24th. They're giving away $30,000 in free gear. That sounds like a lot, Stub. I mean, that'll do. That does right? sound That's like a, a lot. <laughs> right? That'll do. That'll get you a whole new get-up there. $30,000 in free gear at the Short Pump PGA Tour Superstore. Doors open at 9 a.m. Stub and I will be in the building at 10 a.m. Sharp. Uh, we'll be calling in to local radio shows, telling people to shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. That's 10941 West Broad Street. 10941 West Broad Street tomorrow. The grand opening of the PGA Tour Superstore. Stub, if somebody asks you, they come up and say, hey, what's your talent? What are you going to say to that? My talent? <laughs> yeah. You're going <laughs> like, to say, oh, like, I can juggle. Here, let me juggle <laughs> golf balls. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't really have any any party talents, See, you, you got to be... You got to be prepared because fans will ask you the craziest things. They might come up to you, Stubb, and say, hey, where's Josh Dobbs going to play next season? What are you going to say? The Washington you know? Commanders. <laughs> you already had a funeral for Josh Dobbs. His career is done. Uh, He's senior, not going to get another opportunity. Senior Stubb uh, might make an appearance. Oh. Yeah. He's going to try to win some of that 30K <laughs> yeah, free so. gear. Is, he, is your dad a golfer? No, no. <laughs> oh, really? But he looks damn good in the gear, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. No, I was talking to uh, Drab from the Junkies. We just had Lurch on. And I was talking to Drab about this uh, uh, this appearance tomorrow, and he was like, you've got to get some really good golf pants. Golf pants are, are all the rage. Okay. So uh, hopefully that's what we'll be getting. I actually got some uh, pants in uh, – in the mail, I ordered online. I, I I hate doing that. I have to shop in person because the pants I got are too damn big. I look like I'm from the '80s with these baggy jeans that I just got. I I no store owns pants that fit me because yeah. I, I'm too skinny and too tall. They just don't make pants that size. You're a giant stub, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so what? So that means so you have to go to like big and tall? Or no, I, like you have to get them online. The the, the oh, like specific no. sizes they don't carry in stores. Oh, boy. Well, that's that's difficult. I know. You know what also is difficult? Uh, watching the Washington Wizards play <laughs> basketball right now. Clutch sport, clutch points with their most recent article. Washington Wizards, Jordan Poole, guaranteed a place in Shaq in a Fool with the absurd blunder that he had against the Denver Nuggets. And there's a picture of him with a clown nose on as he was just that bad. They say aside from the Wizards being one of the worst teams in the NBA this season, 
One of the top storylines surrounding the team has been Jordan Poole's poor play. So they acquired him in the offseason, and he was supposed to be one of the faces of the franchise alongside Kyle Kuzma. In fact, they had him speaking to the fans at opening night. That was a mistake. Jordan Poole doesn't know how to speak. He also apparently forgot how to play basketball. He was a star in college. He was part of a team with the Warriors that won an NBA title, and he was very good for them. He's just become way too cocky, uh, you know, self-absorbed into himself, and he chucks up, you know, 18 to 20 shots a game, and he's only making four or five of them. How did he get so bad? Well, that's the lead story as we head out on the Fast Break with AWOD. Let's go. Let's play some basketball here. We're going on the Fast Break with AWOD. From buzzer-beating shots to the best highlight plays from around the league, every clutch moment. The all-stars of the league. We're out in transition. It's a breakaway. It's gone at the buzzer. It's the fast break and AWOD talking all things NBA. All right, I previewed this article earlier today from Clutch Points. Uh, and I'm not saying I disagree with it at all. It's just triggering because I am a diehard DC sports fan. It says, being a Wizards fan might be the hardest job in all of sports. You do not have a future star like the Pistons or the Spurs. Speaking about Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and of course with the Spurs, Victor Wembanyama. You do not have a pile of picks like the Jazz and the Thunder do. Instead, we have a former NBA champion who's making $123 million over four years, but is producing less than a teammate getting paid less than half of that. Denny Ovdi is balling out but he's not a superstar. Jordan Poole, on the other hand, has been falling out. In the last 10 games, Denny Avdia has upped his averages to nearly 20 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, shooting a career-best 58.7% from the field and a career-best 51% from three-point line. Jordan Poole is only averaging 12 points per game, three rebounds, 4.7 assists, while shooting an awful 35% from the field and an embarrassing 29% from the three-point line. Good thing, though, he is shooting 75% from the free-throw line. Bad thing, he never gets fouled driving to the basket, so he never ends up shooting free-throws. And and I do agree with them. It is so hard to be a Wizards fan right now because it feels like we're stuck in no-man's land. You have to hope that Bilal Koulibaly turns into something. You have to hope that Corey Kispert and Denny Avdia you know, aren't just uh, flashes in a pan, and yet they can be this good for all of next season. This is a team here that... I blew $84. I lit it on fire stub when I took the bet that the Wizards would make the playoffs. They're a (laughs) nine-win basketball team. They're 9-46. They've lost their last nine games. They're second to worst in the Eastern Conference behind the Detroit Pistons. But like the the article is saying, Detroit at least has some good pieces that are rising stars. I guess you could point to Bilal Koulibaly as a rising star, and he was in the rising star competition, but he's far away from being a rising star. Bilal Koulibaly is scoring 8.3 points per game. That's not a star, all right? I get it. He's only 19 years old, but is the timing really going to work out here that Kispert's 24, Denny Avdia's 23, Bilal Koulibaly's 19. By the time he gets good, he'll probably be 22 or 23 by that time. 
Corey Kispert and Danny Obdia might be on a different team. Kyle Kuzma might be retired. Jordan Poole's probably still going to be getting paid by the Wizards and doing nothing. It is so difficult to be a Wizards fan right now. It might be even more difficult to be a DC sports fan. As it's just, it's it is triggering to see Washington voted as the worst, uh, you know, franchise to be a fan of. And you know what? It's triggering because it's true. It's so hard to watch games right now. I will say, though, I'm going to give Brian Keefe credit. I think the team has been better since he took over for Watson Sell Jr. Even though you can't point to a win since he's taken over, I guess I think they won the first game he took over against the Spurs. Uh, But since then, they've lost nine straight, but they're jacking up a high in three-point attempts. And he's trying to get them to lock down defensively. It's not working. They gave up 130 in the last two games to the Pelicans and the Nuggets. But at least they're trying things. They moved Jordan Poole to the bench because he just does not deserve to be a starter in the NBA with how bad he's playing. Uh, They moved on from Daniel Gafford or playing youngsters, Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley Jr. They're trying everything and anything to... You know, put together some kind of momentum in a wasted season so that there's something to look forward to next year for fans. Because that's the other thing. you got Ted Leonsis who wants to move the stadium to Virginia and be the Virginia Wizards, but nobody's even coming to games this year. And nobody's watching on TV this year. So I don't know how you can have all this talk about moving the team. They should focus on winning games first. And then maybe you can move the team. It's just it's so hard to be a Wizards fan right now. Uh, as, as we're on the fast break with AWOD, uh, I, I will mention that there are a few good games tonight uh, to have your eye on. Look, I, I'm I'm going to point to Miami against the New Orleans Pelicans. Miami needs to turn it on uh, in the second half of the season if they're going to win a playoff series. But I think the game of the night is the ESPN game that is Milwaukee at the Minnesota T-Wolves. I I would just, I'll tell you right now, I would be shocked if the Minnesota T-Wolves are the one seed at the end of the regular season and they're a one seed that defeats an eight seed in the NBA playoffs. They might end up as the one seed. I don't like their chances if they're matched up against the Lakers or the Warriors. I just feel like they're too young to win a playoff series against the greats LeBron James or a Stephen Curry with the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors. But this is a good test for them tonight against Damian Lillard, Doc Rivers, and Yadis Adetiakumpo. That was the fast break with AWOD talking all things NBA. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. You can be quarterback of this segment. Tell us what you want to talk about. 833-804-0910. Stubb was talking a big game uh, the last few weeks about Madden, and uh, he even called out uh, one of his buddies who calls into this show, Tomas, saying that he was the champion uh, in his little area there uh, in the Devil's Triangle. Since then, I believe Tomas has kind of wiped you clean. Yes, huh? Yeah, that, that would be accurate. He, yeah. <laughs> he did not like the call out. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was talking a big game in Madden, too, and then I was humbled by my buddy Tommy, who came over and beat me twice. But uh, I might have to retire from Madden, but that's because I'm looking forward to a new game. College football, EA Sports, NCAA College Football returns for 2025. The first time the video game has come back since 2013. 
yesterday. Over 11,000 players got the green light to opt into EA Sports College Football 2025 and get paid for it. An NIL deal was finally established for EA Sports, and each of the 134 teams represented in the game will be able to roster up to 85 players. For their opt-in, players will receive a payment of $600 and a copy of the game. That's roughly a $70 value. Now, there has been no release date for the game other than it's been announced with kind of a short trailer. There's been a lot of excitement, but the question is, is $600 enough for you to opt into this game? Stub, let's just say you were 150 pounds heavier, and a lot of that was muscle, not fat, and you were playing defensive edge rusher for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Would $600 be enough for you to opt into this game? Oh, my God, yeah. If they asked, I would do it for free. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, sure, put me in the game. That's that's where I'm at here. There's been some back and forth with people online saying $600. I get paid more than that to do, you know, blah, 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 you know, drive DoorDash or something, you know. Uh, but what I would say is it's more than the $600 value or the $70 value of getting the game. It's, you can, it's legendary status yeah, to be absolutely. in a football game, to be in a video game. It's something that I've dreamed of my entire life. Hopefully, Kevin Harlan will retire eventually. They can put me <laughs> on NBA 2K. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just think you're crazy if you're not opting into this game because kids will play this game forever. You know, I, I have friends that still play EA Sports College Football 2013 because that's how much they loved the game from more than 10 years ago. So already today it's been reported that more than 5,000 college athletes across 130-plus schools have signed up to be included in this year's college football video game. That's nearly half of all potential sign-ups in less than 20 hours. That's a really good yeah. start. You are going to have some <laughs> yeah. kids that think they're, they're bigger than the game. They think that their NIDL deal should be bigger than $600 or 670 and so they will opt out. And so what the video game will do is just use a generic person and generic stats right. uh, or, and a generic name uh, to match that guy. But I, I just think if you're a college athlete and you are going to opt out, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. I agree, yeah. And also, like, 134 schools – and $600 per kid at that school? That I think that's a generous offer for for Right. Well, for and, that. and Drab, like, Drab T-Shirt made a great point when he chimed in on social media, at Drab T-Shirt, which is, do you want the game to cost $200? Because yeah. that's what it's <laughs> yeah. going to cost if you try to give people more than $600. They're already doing them a favor and giving them a free copy of the game to go with it that I'm going to actually end up buying for $70 plus tax, yeah. right? Um, but I, I'm fired up for this game. Uh, it's just so much fun um, playing because with college, it's different than the NFL. You get more option play calls. Uh, there's just so much more elements to the game that make it exciting. You know, the transfer portal, building your roster, developing players over four years, uh, college football stadiums, college game day. Um, and so I loved the game. I have vivid memories of playing at my buddy Corey's house. I would always use West Virginia because they were the cheat code with Pat White and Steve Slayton, fastest guys in the game. I was unstoppable. So I can't wait for this game to return 12 years later. Stubb, are you going to be purchasing this game? Or are we going to do a little tournament? I'm certainly going to think about it. 
Uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't try to buy games too often. This is the one where you can play as mascots, though, right? Yes, that's, that's also a, yeah, a good I, feature of the game. That is might that you sell have, it for me. It's 11 mascots versus 11 mascots. They all <laughs> look the same, and they just kind of engineer it. So when you tackle them, it's like you're tackling a football player, <laughs> uh, but it just looks funny. I, you I'm use Alabama. It's a bunch of elephants running around the field. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's the best part about the game. Uh, but hey, uh, real real quick here, Stub. Uh, we both mentioned we were out at Ensuboka last night. Yes, we did were. you get the queso? Yeah, I did get. I got the. They had that chip deal that came with queso, salsa, and guac. Yeah. Uh, so, so the table split that. I believe it's the best queso around. What do you think? I was really uh, stunned by the guac. That's what did it for me. Oh. I, I think I think our queso got too solid too quick that only yeah, got a couple yeah. dips of it before it solidified and that wasn't kind of the queso I was looking for but this was some of the best guac I've had I love it I yeah I had the queso uh queso I love it so much at Ensu Boco so let's do an impromptu dude food on the fan dude food we're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry where's my food dude where's my food, food? the most delicious food you've ever tasted yes. All right, so I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll. I should mention uh, the pizza's banging. If you're going to get the wings, I suggest either the buffalo or the uh, Korean barbecue wings here are really good. Head on by to River City Roll today. Tell them AWOD sent you. Stub, what do you want to bring up on Dude Food? Speaking of uh, pizza, there's a new menu item to coming to KFC. Have you heard about this? No, it's I called haven't. The Chizza. Uh, what? <laughs> the Spell ch- that. C H I Z Z A. Chizza. No, no, like no, pizza? no, no. C H I, not C H E. Chicken. So is it like pizza? Chicken pizza. Chizza. Yes, chizza. Wow. How okay. do you think? Now, what? What do you? What do you like? Visualize in your head. What? What does that look like to you? Um. Well, it's hard because KFC doesn't really have dough, so I, I would. I don't think they're using dough as the base. Do they even have marinara sauce? I, I guess they have cheese. I, I have no idea. What would this look like? It's it's a fried piece of chicken that they okay. put marinara, cheese, and pepperoni on top of. Well, that sounds so, like 2,000 calories. <laughs> it's a chicken tender with uh, all you know the what? pizza stuff on I, top I, of it. I, I'm interested in trying it because I, I love a chicken parm. It kind of sounds like a chicken parm. You're right. You know what? I guess it is a bit of a chicken parm now that you right? mention it with some pepperoni in there. Yeah. It, so gonna, when is this going to come out? The 26th. We're three days out from a chizza. Oh, dude. Yeah. I might have to get that and do a review. I, I, now, I think we could do a double review of this one. It's, it's intriguing me as well. It does seem like uh, something that's going to be so high in calories that we should starve ourselves the night before. <laughs> right. But, yeah. No, I'm reading about it now, right, right now. Two 100% white meat, extra crispy fried chicken fillets. Like cutlets topped with marinara sauce, melted cheese, and crispy pepperoni. Are they gonna? You think cut it into slices? Or are you supposed to eat it like I, a sandwich? I, I don't think they're gonna cook it like it's a circle. I, I think it's just gonna be a normal tender. I think chicken parm is the closest description to, to kind of what's being made here. Yeah, I just feel like you might have to eat it with a fork and knife, and that's not fast food. You know? I, I, yeah, it, it, it depends on how stuck on the marinara and uh, cheese is. I, 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 at Ensuboka, I got a burrito, and they put, like, the sort of tomato uh, salsa yeah. on top of it, and it slid right off. I, I don't I, – it was dripping right onto me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't like that, uh, that play there. <laughs> 
Uh, what other food news did you want to bring up? I, I was trying to find some local stuff. When is the damn Chipotle open up that's going to be uh, next to the Raisin Canes at the Diamond? I don't know. I know that when I went to that Raisin Canes, they had people out there directing traffic because it was getting so full. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, my, so my friend told me it's the most efficient Raising Canes he's ever been <laughs> yeah, to. Like, that. you're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. Yeah, they had two guys getting getting you in, getting into the driveway line. They got the double driveway like their Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Uh, in and out pretty quick. Uh, so I'm, I'm imagining Chipotle is going to get just as full. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll break ground uh, when they break ground on the diamond. Yeah. You know, Chipotle just it just doesn't slap as hard as it used to. Like it just I don't think it'll ever be as good as when I was in high school and I'd borrow my mom's car and it was just eight dollars and seventy five cents, you know, and you'd hang out there for three hours and you get a water cup and fill it up with soda. It just doesn't hit the same college anymore. college Chipotle was second to none. I, I yeah. miss it. I'm I'm just not walking distance anymore and I, I've it's dropped off my radar. Yeah. There's also gonna be an interesting spot. It's called Toast. Toast. It's going to be 7,007 Three Chopped Road in the Village Shopping Center uh, coming to Richmond. I'm reading about it on Richmond Times-Dispatch right now. Uh, they say, passing the Toach Torch to Staples and Graham, who recently purchased the Midlothian location from the couple and will own all three locations of Toast. I've never heard of Toast, but it Neither looks pretty good here. What, what like, is it like a... Is it toast? Like, is it bread? Uh, oh, it looks like a, like a it looks like a burger and chicken spot. Kind of looks like a, a their version of a Shake Shack, and it's going to be walking distance to Scott's Edition. So I'll be checking okay. it out for sure. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I always will be appreciative of new food places coming to this area. I I also was talking to my friends. I, I feel like it's hard to be so dominant in Scott's Edition because the rent is so expensive. Right? Yeah, I and guess so, opening a store there would. Yeah, it, I got it, the best it, of both worlds because I'm in walking distance of Scott's Edition, but uh, yeah. I'm paying Museum District rent. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's nice. All right, that's that's Stub. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. If you want to chime in, if we missed any food news, give us a call eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten.